100th episode, baby, of Let's Keep It Real. That is a lot of interviews with a lot of amazing, positive, powerful people. That is for sure. You know, I've been doing podcasting, I think almost 10 years, not under Let's Keep It Real. And it could have been some kind of radio show, but I've been at this a long time. And every single time I have a guest on, I'm blown away. I'm blown away. I always learn something new, make another amazing connection with a person around the world that I never would get to meet. And that's why I started this to begin with. I really wanted to connect with people that were really wanting to make a difference in the world and understand what they were doing and learn something new and share it to inspire others to spread their unique gifts and share them with the world. This episode, the 200th episode, like the 100th episode, yes, the mic has been turned and my mentor, who I just love dearly, Matthew Labosco, interviewed me. And it was such a joy. I got to spill my beans, tell a little bit more about my journey. But as I sat there, you know, answering all his different questions, some I kind of expected and many I didn't, I realized even more how much I appreciate the opportunity to share my guests with you and their lives and their journeys, ups and downs and how they got to where they are today. What a privilege, what an honor. And so many blessings to you guys. Love, peace, and joy all around for supporting me in so many different ways. For now, I've chosen not to put ads on my podcast. I could change my mind, but you supported me in other ways through workshops and clients, my books, speaking engagements. I mean, you've really been there for me. I'm just going to take a deep breath in and enjoy the moment. I hope. I'm sure you will enjoy my interview with Matthew. Have fun. As always, I really appreciate you sharing, liking it, and rating it. Oh, yeah. And if you had read my book, it would be great if you went on Amazon and you rated Let's Keep It... Oh, my God. Let's Keep It Real. Yes, I definitely want you to do that. But rated my Train Your Head and Your Body Will Follow book or journal. It would really really help. I forget to tell people that. So I'm telling you this time. Love you guys. Toodles. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. This is a big treat. It's a big treat. I have my mentor here, Matthew Lovasco. That's not the treat, though. Oh, it is the treat. Oh, it is. The treat is that you're here with me. <laughs> and it's been, we were trying to figure this out beforehand. We've been together at least eight years. At least. When I was Matt's guinea pig, when he would mess with my brain, when he, he had no idea what he was doing. Yeah, That's was- why I am the way I am. I just want to <laughs> say that. <laughs> I'm fully accountable. 
Anyhow, let me tell you about Matt Lamasco. He's an author now, coach, movement therapist, presenter, and here's the biggest thing, an awesome guy. Isn't that what we're going to say? He's just an all-around awesome guy. So let's just go with that. You said awesome. I said good, but I'll take All right. I say awesome. (laughs) And he really did use me as a guinea pig. I was your one of your first people to go through a system to make sure you liked it and it worked, right? Was I trial and error? Yeah, man. They call it the practice of medicine for a reason. Uh, we could go down this rabbit hole, but you ever <laughs> like, go on a call with me and think, oh, shit, I can't believe I just did that. That's not going to work. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Why did I do that? No. That's par for the course around here, you know, with yeah. you and I. Yeah, after the course, we had fun. Okay, so now for the really big surprise. I cannot believe it, but for the Let's Keep It Real podcast, this is the 200th episode. Woo-hoo. We need bells going on. We should we have do. a bell. Woo-hoo. We probably will. Confetti. And Matt interviewed me for my 100th episode. I did, I so did. So we thought we were going to do the switcheroo again. And have Matt interview me for the 200th episode. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I mean, I've been podcasting for almost 10 years. Do you know that? Yeah. Because wow. I was doing What Keeps You Up at Night before Let's Keep It Real. Huh. So yeah. you banked out 100 episodes in a little over a year, even yeah. though you've been podcasting for 10. Yes. That's a fun fact. Did not know that. There you go. It was probably called radio back then, right? What's radio? Radio, radio. All right, that. I'm ready. I told the people beforehand <laughs> when I was talking to my clients, they're like, "What is he going to ask you?" I said, "I don't know, but I'm gearing up. I did my dance reset. I'm coming <laughs> from peace, love, and joy." Yeah. All right, Wait, on my shoulders. You, you ready? got this. That's what my cop says. You're going to need that. All right, so. You mentioned that it's been a hundred episodes since last we got to talk and yeah. I was able to interview you and your listeners kind of got to know you at a little deeper level. Right. Yeah. And I was thinking about which a little over a year, I think we, we said beginning of 2021 was when we did hundredth mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. And so when you think about the last year, you're definitely not the person you were. The person you are today is different than the person that I did this interview with a year ago. Yeah. That question. Absolutely. Because that's just how you roll, Sandy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, and this could be relative to the different, because you also have had some incredible guests, people that are just out there doing their thing and making Mm -hmm. some incredible impacts in the world. And so not only have you had the life experience for the last year, which always brings all kinds of learning opportunities and, you know, opportunities for growth, but you've also just been exposed to some incredible human beings doing mm. some incredible things. Love them. So, and then this is probably not an easy question, but that's what I'm here to ask you the hard questions. Okay. Okay. If you had to pick your top three biggest learnings, moments of growth, aha moments, I call them the, the paradigm shifters, the dog head tilts. Maybe it was with a guest. Maybe it was something that happened in your life. But I'd love to hear, I I love reflecting on like the last year and just kind of naming some of those moments that I call them the the trajectory changers, 
Mm. Right. The, and it could be a slight calibration, a little tweak, a little nudge that changed the trajectory. Or maybe it was, you know, the universe taking a two by four and saying, nope, we're moving you over here. <laughs> right? I'd love to yeah. hear it just kind of what the big moments over the last year have been. And, and honestly, if there was one with anybody you learned from or mm. let's start there. So you're right, Matt. I've been very fortunate to meet a lot of people, a lot of people, because there's an advantage of being a podcast host. Absolutely. And you get to hear their story. And not only that, but every, I swear to you, every single time that I interview someone, I come away with something. I go, oh my God, like that's, that's amazing. And that that's at least once a week that I do the recorded ones, not to mention the live ones or that I'm a guest on someone. And I am on this self-growth path. Matter of fact, oh my God, I just have to add a little, I love my husband. Let's just go with that. I love my husband. (laughs) It's never good when someone starts with, let me just say. No, it is, but he can be, we call him a dunder. Like, it's it's just <laughs> funny. So, confidence of Hercules, which we love, and supports me all the way, even though 90% he doesn't get what I'm doing. So, that's love, right? That's love. And doesn't get this self-growth thing. You know, he's an amazing, amazing person. But if you point out to him something like, well, you know, that really bothered me when <laughs> you said it in a way that I hurt my feelings or did it. Uh, he'll be sorry about that, but I'll say, well, is that something you want to work on? Or he's like, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I- I'm good. You know, you can and, work on it, but I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. And me, on the other hand, my son, who's one of my biggest teachers, in a kind ways, always saying, Hey mom, when you did this, you, you know, I know you didn't mean to, but I thought you should think about it. And the other day it was saying your, your words are coming out that you want to calm me down, but your whole body language is anxious. So it makes me anxious. And I think you're the only person I know that their whole body tells the entire story more than anyone else. So it always says to me, maybe you want to go bike or do a dance reset because you're making me nervous just looking at you. And I said, okay, I'm going to work on that. And so he says to me, you know, I don't know about your self-growth path, mom. It's a difficult one, you know, in a way, like you're always seeking to learn and be a better person. It's not that easy at times. I go, you're right. Because some of the things you tell me, I really don't know that I'm doing and how to change them, you know, or what I want to do with that. But that being said, Matt, I wouldn't have it any other way, any other way. And I am a seeker of knowledge. And I always not, I I really do. <laughs> this doesn't sound egotistical, but I love who I am. I really do love myself. But I always want to up at a level. So here's the biggest thing. I'm going to give you my top three. The first one that was big this year, and I'm going to have to give credit. And she is a friend, a colleague. I actually call her Sissy Sue, Susan Sandler, who's been on my podcast recorded in live is the one that pushed me out of my comfort zone to take a course in keynote speaking. She saw something in me. She's like, aren't you a theatrical performer? I'm like, no, I speak, but I wouldn't call myself a theatrical performer. And she's like, oh my God, yes, you are. And you're only scratching the surface of what you're capable to do on stage, which 
Matt, I had no idea. I mean, it was a seven month course. I didn't know what I didn't know. It was at least 20 hours a week, but it was the most rewarding thing. And during that time, the reason it was so difficult, and I'm going to say it was my top self-discovery, is I had to write stories about my life. And up to then, they were just so painful. A lot of them, I didn't tell others, and I didn't want to write them down. But what I found is that feeling of release, even not to say them to people, but to write them down, and that it was okay to write them down and see them, and that I wasn't going to become this very angry, frustrated, hateful person for just writing it down. And how being aware of just how you're feeling about situations or events that happen so that you can move through them to the other side. And for many years, and I rightly so, I just didn't talk about them. I can't remember them. And it served me well. But now I'm at the point where I want pure joy in my life and more of that. So in order to have that, I have to also embrace the other side. So even just by writing it was one of my biggest gifts. So that's number one. Number two, and I'm going to have to, and I don't mean to, but I'm going to give you the biggest credit for this. And you have been a podcast guest, so we can use you. (laughs) This was not set up just for the record. Uh, I don't have to be effing joyful all the time. (laughs) It's okay. And if people don't like it and they don't accept it, too bad. Now, I'm not going to go on my daily joys and not be joyful because that's the whole point of that. But if my good friends can't accept all of me and that, yes, I am joyful a lot, but there are times that I have to just be a human being, well, then I don't want to surround myself with those people. And unfortunately, I had to be willing to let some people go because they... Not that they were wrong, but they're like, no, 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 no. You're just this. You're the one. And they could accept the other side of me. So that was number two. Number three, and and this is just more for me. I don't know if it's a specific guess, but a lot of them reminded me of this. I sometimes, oh God, I don't want to admit it, but I think I just, this just came to me, so I have to say it. I sometimes dim my light afraid that I'm taking away from others to shine because I've always felt like I am very walk in a room. I'm very comfortable talking to anybody. I'm very comfortable on stage. I'm very comfortable not knowing what I'm speaking about and just throw it at me. I'm comfortable in my own skin. And so for many people, they would always, I, they would say, all right, we need you to come in and get the room going and, you know, shine bright. But, but then when I would and everyone was responding to me, many times I've been told, hey, tame it down. You're not the main attraction. So I would think, OK, you know, I've had my time. I've done great things right now. Let let others shine. But what I realized, yeah, when they're on stage, lift them up when they're doing their thing lift them up but don't not walk into a room a certain way because you think you're going to take away from other people and maybe i i got a person i will throw this out to amy poor amy and michael port her own heroic public speaking because many times at the end of the workshops that were there in person 
at the end, they're like, who do you want to do a shout out for? And it, there were times there were shout out for me that I actually, with my joy and my positivity, was lifting them up to be who they were. And that my true acts of kindness really made them realize how worthy they were. And that was like, I sat there and I couldn't even look up because it was like embarrassing for them to say all these nice things about me. But then at the end, Amy said to me, Sandy, just take it in, enjoy it. Like you need to shine bright. Don't hold back anymore, just shine. And so that's my biggest lesson. I'm going to say of the year is being okay with who I am and not thinking it's going to take away from someone else because I am a lot, but I, I'm a lot. Like I walk in and I'm here sure. and that's who I am. So those are my three big things. So it sounds like that last one, you found the context to apply that gift you have to light up a room, but you're also aware of, oh, it doesn't make sense in this spot. Yes. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Cause I think in so many cases, our asset can be a liability, especially if not applied in the proper context. But you found the place where that freaking just influences and matches your intention, which is to uplift every human being on the planet. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. So you you touched on something, and I really, I, I really feel like that course that you went through for the speaker training really was a game changer for you. I mean, I know. We spoke, we've spoken a lot through that process, but, and your second lesson um, about kind of facing, maybe um, mm -hmm. writing it down. There's something visceral about putting something on paper yes. because now it's like there, it's staring back at you. It's like, oh my God, it's now out there. And I, you know, you and I have definitely had our conversations over the years, you know, when there was times of struggle and pain, et cetera. But, yeah. Well, I think there was that one time, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I feel like one of the things I've seen uh, really expand and grow for you and seeing how you've just been the example of this for me is I'd love for you to talk about how facing the dark side of yourself has actually increased your capacity to spread joy. Because I think that's a little bit of a paradox for so many people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I read your book and, you know, this was written how long ago? 10 years. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> you're not the same person you were a year ago, right? Like think about the person who wrote this book 10 years ago yeah. and how they navigated challenge and facing those things. Mm -hmm. And how you have, how you've, how you embrace it today. And I just feel like I'd love for you to speak to how kind of moving through that discomfort of facing some of those, you know, dragons to borrow from mm -hmm. some people say, we all have to slay our dragons, right? It's like how that actually gave you a greater capacity to be joyful and because the strategy of joy, one was, I just need to be joyful all the time, bring positive energy into the yeah. room. And I'm just going to like cancel, cancel negative energy, you know, kind of approach, which clearly had an impact on a ton of people. But mm -hmm. I feel like you've up-leveled that yeah. in such a huge way. 
And it was exactly what you said a second ago, which was, I kind of went into the darkness to expand into the light. Absolutely. I'd love to just kind of hear a little bit more about that and maybe examples. Okay. So that has been a real deep dive since 2019. And different circumstances would come up trying to get me to gently visit (laughs) some of my childhood and past, but I I just wasn't ready. But the biggest thing, and I want to start off with this because it truly is everything I embody. When I connect to my higher power, when I come from within me with peace, love, and joy, and I ask for the answers to be revealed in the right time. I always feel I have perfect timing of when I'm ready to face things. You know, if I try to do it on my own, then it's going to be a blockout. But when I was finally ready, which was in the year 2019, because I sold the health clubs, there were a lot of changes going on, big. I got injured. It took me out for a while. I asked for guidance. And every time I do that, the answers come in ways I can't even imagine, but they're perfect for me. And that being said, I truly believe that I wasn't ready for most of those stories until now. The tools and the techniques that I had available to me and how I survived that childhood to get where I am today, which is amazing, beyond amazing. That was right for me. When I was ready, the right avenue came. Like you were there for me to guide me through some of it, a lot of it. And then this course that I'm taking, which I had no idea, but but Susan Sandler knew it was going to take me through that. Like, again, came in through the back door because I thought I want to up my game to be one of the top motivational keynote speakers. I had no idea that was part of it. Actually, I remember saying to you, hey, Matt, they want me to do this, this, and this about my child. I don't think that's necessary, right? I remember being in the car, right? I don't need to do that because I wanted you to be like, yeah, you're like, it might be necessary to tell some of them. I'm like, you sure? You sure? Because I want to be like, no, 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 no. But when I did it, it wasn't all at once. Like I would write a story, then I'd be real with it and feel it and what I could handle. Feel the emotions that would come up? Feel the emotions of it, really embody it and really be honest with myself. Even sometimes I would say, what did I feel as a child Mm. going through that? What that, you know, as much as I can understand the logic of it and peace, love, and joy to everybody around me and it got me where I am. You would keep saying it doesn't mean there's you weren't angry. I mean, I used to be, no, I'm not angry. No, you know, they had their issues. But when I felt the anger and let it and really just come out of me, it then was even more of a feeling of this pure joy that I can't even describe. Now, when you say let it come out of you, I think this is an important thing for people to hear from you because when you say let the anger come out of you, did you start throwing 
faces around your room and punch holes in the wall. Like, cause sometimes when people say, let the anger out, that's what they, oh, good point. you follow me. So how do you go through that process for yourself of, wow, there is some anger here. There is some betrayal here. There is whatever is there. How do you like, what's your process for assimilating that? So for me, I do, I call it scribble, scrabble, my brain drain. I okay. do write it down Okay. when I'm feeling and how I'm feeling. And I keep telling myself it's okay for me to feel this way, like no judgment. Awesome. And it helped me to write it and see it. And then. Now, would you get into detail about, I feel this way because. Of, yes. Like the I feel this way. And I feel yes. this. Okay. Got you. That's I would awesome. write, I'm feeling angry because, and not justify it, which I have a tendency to do. Like, it's okay that this little girl was angry, scared, whatever. It's okay to feel this way. And then after that, Dawson, my dog, I would tell my dog, because I didn't want to tell another human being yet. That's awesome. I would tell Dawson and Dawson would look at me with those loving eyes. Like, it's okay. No judgment. And, And then I would cry, you should cry, and then a prayer meditation to help me through for me, just o- focused on what? Because this is awesome, Sandy. Like this is gold stuff that you're you're sharing with people. So you'd write it down. Write it down. Really remind myself it's okay. It's okay. Gotcha. I call it brain drain or scribble scrabble. Okay. It's okay. I felt this way. I feel this way. I feel this way. Get it out. Then I so I wrote it. And then I verbalized it to my dog. Awesome. That's a, that's a brilliant pr- technique, by the way. Because that's where the crying and the expression of the emotion. Yeah, because, and I would, you know, and sometimes it was so upsetting that my whole body would shake, awesome. you know, and be yep. tensed. Mm-hmm. But then I would go into a prayer meditation, like talking to my higher power to be with me, guide me through. So you would invite and it into the space. You would ask for it to be present with you. Ask I would it. ask for guidance okay. to how to move through this. Like what's okay. the next thing and how can I, what can I do right now to serve me well? Awesome. I love it. And so once I did that, it was always different. So there were three things. One, many times because I couldn't, I was stuck in there. I called you and I would walk out into the field because I wasn't, and this is important. You can't, a lot of this is so deep, do it on your own. I feel, I feel there are times you really need others to guide you through it. It's too much. So my dog was good, but then there's another level, you know, and I truly am a big fan of somebody not family member i'm going to repeat not family <laughs> member to go, because they don't know what to do you know they're upset they don't know what to you know it's it gets all kind of ugly if you go that path but not that they don't want to help but they, they don't they're not there's they're too, too much too, other there's too many other things yeah. in the space so i would on the times i couldn't see out of my way i would get up across the field and be on the phone and you would talk me through it and say, it's okay. You know, you're going to be fine. Cause it was so visceral mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. scary. Yeah. 
Yep. And then I would breathe and you would have me do the breaths. And even though I said, it's not going to work, they do. And I <laughs> You were convinced Sandy that it wasn't going to remember that. Yeah, I know. I know because it was so bad. Yeah, no, I and understand. And I would release it. And then I would start telling myself a different story, you know? Okay. So from that perspective, how could I tell that same story from a place of power and strength that will not only serve me well, but serve others? But it was a process. Where did you would, get that from? Is that just something you came up with? Like, is that something you've just done your whole life? Because to me, that's that's the sandification of this process. Meaning like you, you go to, hey, this is going on. How do I leverage this to evolve myself and serve others is that i've been doing that i so i've had a lot of practice so this is deeper so that's why i need all posses all team on board uh mentors here on earth i call my angels my top five and my connection but i've been doing it as long as i can remember i thought so yeah i've been using i call it my wonderful life uh Words, movement, and laughter. So I've been using those three things even as a child when things would get really rough to get into a positive head frame so that I could visualize and dream where I wanted to go. So, for example, without even getting into much detail, you know, growing up in the projects was tough, but good old mom spent at least 50% of her life in mental institutions. And I say, they weren't the one well-funded ones, but (laughs) so, (laughs) and actually when she was there, it was like a state vacation because it was like quiet. But when she was home, she would, uh, she was battling so many demons. So she would stay up most nights screaming and yelling. And I didn't know it was going to change my life and be my entire career I just knew I liked to dance. And when I put on my favorite jams, I could escape and tune it out. And then I would focus on a little kid. I just thought, well, if I focus on one word and that one word, I would just think about all throughout the day and do whatever I could to feel that. So it could be peace, ease and flow, joy, love, whatever my word is for the day. And I thought, Okay, I would say, what do I need to do right now to feel that? And it's different because there's a difference between escaping and not dealing with what's going on. And I can't change that. So how am I going to get through that? So there's a big difference in pushing things away because you don't want to deal with something. That's not this. This is like, ah, I got to deal with this. Mm -hmm. And no one else is dealing with it. So this is how I'm going to do it. So. By focusing on that word, even for a minute and jumping around and then making light of my situation, I did that day in and day out. So simple, but to visualize, okay, graduating high school, going to college, moving out of here, you know, everything I would get in that space and visualize. And it didn't take long. And it was just beyond my wildest dreams where it got me. But that's 
time people say, how do you shift out of it? Well, I've been practicing since I've probably been four or five years old. Yeah, but I think there's a huge evolution to this um, that's quite fascinating. In the beginning, your first step was to do that. Yep. This process that you just walked us through, it's the last step. Explain. Meaning you, I asked you, how do you, how do you, you know, leverage some of these darker moments to up-level joy? You told me, well, I write about why I feel what I feel. I feel the emotion. I talk to my dog. You know what I mean? I feel it. I feel it in my body, viscerally feel it in my body, express the emotion. Then I bring in, you know, this higher consciousness, higher self. And then I focus on the positive redirect, which was the last step. Yes. Which is interesting, right? So you have cultivated an incredible skill set in positive redirect, but you're just put it into a different sequence. It's now kind of the icing on the cake. Yes. And and I, I also feel like because of the steps you do before it, you've you've almost like generated this power yeah. that now fuels the positive redirect. Yeah. Yeah. And a big thing that we talked about is I'm doing it now because I feel extremely safe. Mm. Well, there's a good reason why you didn't do it in the past. That's called discernment. Good job. You shouldn't have done it in the past. Like that was not the time to do it. (laughs) Well, even little. Okay. So Growing up where I grew up, everyone knew who my family was and who my mom was. And they were waiting for that shoe to drop. I mean, you need for the whole entire family. And I was such an obstinate human being that I wanted to prove everybody wrong. You were? So I went the extreme, like (laughs) studying hours for school. Wouldn't even say the SHIT word, like wouldn't swear, wouldn't drink, didn't do, like I was like beyond making sure that I wasn't going to get judged. Do you know what I mean? By all the people judging me, school counselors, everyone, family, everybody's like eyes are like this until thank God I lightened up a little bit, a little when I went to college because nobody didn't really know me. But, As I moved through, my mother figured out ways to let people know. Like she would call where I worked, call. So when I would open up even a little, I could see the way they were looking at me differently. Mm. You know, wondering, like, I felt as if I, for many years, I think this is part of it, that if I even was a normal person that got upset, they'd be like, oh, see, told you. Do you know what I mean? Just a matter of time, right? Yep. And then I carried that for so many years. And then finally I was like, F it. I don't care. I don't care what they think. Like if I because there were so many people talking about, oh, that person's mentally ill. I'm like, really? Oh, that person's mental. Because and a lot of times they weren't mentally ill. Their brain just wasn't working like yours. And I finally said, Well, you know, I'm mentally ill. And they go, what do you mean? I go, well, I don't have a normal brain. I don't want a normal brain. And I made a mistake one time and they said, well, what do you, what do you mean? I go, well, your brain's normal and I don't want your brain. And I didn't mean it that way. (laughs) But I bet like you're, you're too wrapped up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm okay. 
And it was so freeing because once I said it, they're like, okay, like, yeah, like I'm free now. Like, and so that last piece of being able to not feel like, I don't care if they think, ooh, because they still do (laughs) this day and age after all I accomplished. I didn't care anymore in that if I could tell these stories and not be poor me, but really tell them in a way that were lighthearted and fun, then not only would it empower me, but it would empower others Mm. to not feel like, you know, their environment was controlling them. Life was being controlled by the outside world, that they had more control than they thought. And that was the evolution of, because I really, really love serving people. It just makes me so happy. I was willing to go through this. I wasn't willing to go through it just for me, but because that was going to come, then I was willing to do it. And the rewards were obviously amazing for me. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of your core platforms, right? That we are not enslaved to your environment. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things you've been preaching as long as I've known you. Yes. You know, and yes. you definitely embody that. <laughs> There's a difference. And I think that you have to be, you know, and you, you know it when you're reliving a story. And this is why I was really careful. I knew I wasn't ready to tell that story because it wasn't going to empower me. Mm-hmm. And the stories you tell yourself over and over, I mean, they're your life. So when I see people that are telling a story and getting that, oh, you poor thing, you poor thing, I go, no. Don't do it because they're staying in that poor me or victim mode, not meaning to. Of course. Yep. Not meaning to. And they might feel like they're getting some, you know, that's the way they get love. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not good for them. So can you identify what gave you the permission specifically to move past and through that. I think you've said it already, but I'd love to point it out to your listeners because I think it's an important point. What gave me the permission? Meaning like the permission to, you know, um, reframe it. Um, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because at a point it was like, I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want it to be a woe is me thing. So I don't want to talk about it. I want people to feel sorry for me. Right. That's kind of what you were aware of. Yeah. So what happened to shift that? And again, I I believe you've told us, but I'd love to connect those dots. Mm. Well, all my self-discovery journey and taking time to really be with myself. Yes. Okay. Be with myself and quiet myself, which I'm a big component is there's a million ways to, you know, that like million ways to connect and meditate and don't tell me that's the only way, but even just listening to myself and quieting myself to hear what was really going on up there. I realized a piece of me, a lot of things I realized a lot because when I'm quiet, you really are being honest where you are and what those are going on. And in order for you to really shift out, you got to know where you are first. Amen. So that's, yeah, a big one. that's a uh-huh. whole nother month of podcasting, but, <laughs> but you really got to be okay with that. So first the permission was I had to be okay with the thoughts I was having and it didn't make me an evil person not to always be coming from love, peace and joy about other humans. That was the big, big piece. The second piece was 
me always saying, I don't really care what people think. And for a lot, there's a lot of things. I really don't care. People say, oh my God, I can't believe she did this. But that big thing that was holding on to me and pulling me down was being afraid of how people will feel sorry or judge me. And then the more and more I was listening to others talk and listening to other speeches and having people on my podcast, I was like, oh my God, if this is mental illness, bring it on baby, because I love who I am and I don't care if they feel if they're going to feel bad for me, I doubt it because, uh, first of all, I'm coming from a story that's so powerful. So I don't think they're going to feel bad for me. But if they're going to judge me or start looking at me differently, screw them. I didn't care anymore. And mostly that it wasn't it wasn't my friends or amazing acquaintances. I think for me, it was still all these family members because they know more of the story and they know more of the past and the people meeting me now. If I'm going to be on like, Oh, I don't want it. And then I was like, I don't care. If I truly want to embody loving myself unconditionally, then I have to be okay with all those hits that would come from sharing a story like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for, for articulating that because I mean, I see this a lot, obviously when I work with people, but and actually my, you know, I trained some coaches and we were literally talking about this last night about sharing your story. Mm. And it came up to the point, well, what if I don't want to talk about my story? I don't want, I just, I'm tired of it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want people, I don't want to play that card, you know, da, da, da. And what we discussed was if that's, what's there for you, you probably haven't assimilated it for yourself yet. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I love how you said, I didn't want By the to way, my dog's coming in, Matt. That's that's Dawson. He's he's coming in behind me. Oh, you got your if, dog there. If my guy sees them, they might start chatting. I'm just telling you. <laughs> so I take I over this. My dog start walking in. Go ahead. But when you said I don't want people to feel sorry for me or judge me, my perception is when you assimilated the emotions by going through that process you walked us through so perfectly to, uh today, it's like you didn't feel sorry for yourself anymore and you didn't judge yourself. So therefore, yeah, I don't care anymore. Like I'm totally free now because it was never really about people judging me and feeling sorry for me. It was about me feeling sorry for me and judging me. So like facing those emotions, man, is what gave you the permission to share your story and use it from a place of empowerment because you were aware enough to be like, yeah, I don't want to opt in for the, you know, this is how I get attention. Yeah, I don't want to play that card. And you had other options. You had, you know, some people don't have other options to your point before. Like, it's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes that's the only option we have to feel loved and accepted. So I just love how you just kind of pieced all that together. And I just want to make sure everybody got that because it's so powerful. Yeah. And you know what, Matt? Speaking of that, when you were saying it was me feeling, uh, sorry for myself and judging and fearful you have to be able to which was the big thing admit it and once i could admit own it yes. yeah that i felt those things and that it was okay to feel those things then i could get through it That's and here it. here's something and i i'm still 
struggling a little bit with, but I think I might be out most of the other side is because I have such compassion and empathy for anything to deal with mental health, mental illness, even, you know, any type of anxiety, overwhelm, and depressed, because people don't, well, we don't even understand it most times, but people can't see it. So a lot of times if you're feeling quote unquote balanced, you know, you don't understand why another person could have these mental health issues. And so I have a soft spot for that there because I think it's so difficult to navigate and for people to have compassion without feeling sorry for yourself. So that being said, even it was so weird mentioning some of the things that happened that my mom did or my father, I felt like I wasn't honoring them. Mm. Even when, though when you named the things that were not great, you mean? Yeah. You like like even dishonoring them. Yeah, not uh, even, and I didn't, of all the stuff I wrote, 90%, it's not even in my keynote because you're there to serve the audience and you can't sure. take them to, <laughs> you know, they got to be able to breathe. So some of it is just too much, you, but there's stories that I do keep in there to get enough that also can be shifted to see the the yeah, light side of it. Sure. But all I'm saying is, that uh, that feeling, I I just I'm trying to describe it. I felt when I was really honest because I want people to really get this that it's okay to feel this way and you're not not without like criticizing them like it, it's a tough one. I'm trying to think of a feel like I'm not dishonoring her because mental health problems it's really even difficult for me to talk about she had them and I had to have this feeling of saying this is what I went through but not feel like I was judging her does that make sense absolutely well you know it's a matter of articulating the facts of the situation yeah yeah perception of the situation like because I kept thinking it's not going to make her look good and it's not but I do it in a way of saying that we can't possibly understand what she was going through. It doesn't justify what happened. But when I talk about it, I can understand and feel empathy for her. If that sounds like I well, really can. And honestly, she's not doing anything different than anybody else. Yes. Because at the end of the day, that was her strategy for managing her pain. Yes. And it was a fun, I couldn't get it, Matt, because sure, sure, yeah. it's right. still it's still difficult for me to understand. And that's why it was so much like, I truly, truly felt bad that they had those lives because I ended up having a great life. I felt bad that they suffered and struggled my mom and dad that much. It was just like, go to your next life already. It'll be better. That's yeah. So do you feel bad that you felt bad? I would feel guilty telling anyone any of the stories because I thought it did Peter in a nice light. Okay. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If it was a reason, and I think this is where you've landed and don't let me put words in your mouth. When sharing that story helps to empower 
others myself, I will leverage it. Yes. But there's really no other reason to go there. That makes perfect sense. Yes. And when I'm saying it, I was able to figure out how to write it that shows I have empathy and compassion. What's really funny is one of, because that's how I really feel now. That's I've always felt that way. Even Mm -hmm. though I got, I released the anger and the disappointment. I came back to feeling truly from a place of pure joy, but expanded. I would imagine expanded. Yes. When I wrote that, and the tone of it was really, I, it was just scribble, scrabble. She said, just write my editor. One of my editors said, whatever's coming to mind. And she's like, oh my God, you have such empathy for your father. Even though he did, did, did this, you realize he did strand you there. And she wanted me to change it. And I'm like, no, that's how I feel. Oh, like I really feel. Good for you. That empathy, even though I can admit it was painful heart, and and that's a fine line. I'm still working on. That. Yeah, well, there's the, here's kind of how I make sense of that. There's the child version of yourself that feels one way about the situation. There's the adult version of yourself that understands it at a different level, and it's it's being in those two spaces at the same time. And I would always invite people to honor both aspects of themselves. Because the child needs to be mm. heard just as much as the adult. Yeah. Because like you said, let's call a spade a spade. When I'm a kid and that's going on in my world, it sucks. It's yeah. not fun. I do, I'm, I'm so, these people are supposed to be caring for me. I'm taking care. Like there's a whole thing going on there that the kid yeah. is experiencing and that should be honored. Right. Correct. But you as an adult, you can say, well, I understand that they did the best thing. You know what I mean? We can go through that narrative, which is important, but yeah, not at the expense not at the expense of the child who had to, ex- to experience that. So I think yeah. that's where you're, where you're dancing. That would took me years to figure out. Like, I was yeah. like, I don't know how to do that because, and it wasn't just even logically, emotionally, I thought, oh my God, you know, <laughs> like when my mom passed away, they were like laughing at me, like, thank God she's not in pain. Now, the people in the audience who didn't know, they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, cycle in, cycle out. She was a different path. And I met it. Oh, I know you did. I know you do. I met it for both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Fun times. (laughs) I don't even know that answered your question, but. No, it 100% did. I I just felt like this was such a huge part of your journey over the last year. And I know all these conversations you've had with all these incredible people played a role. I know that this course that you took, you know, played a role. And I just thought it was important for us to to share this with your audience because it's big stuff that you, you practice what you preach girl, like, like that, like there's not a lot of people out there that practice what they preach. Um, And so this last year to me, you embodied like what you, what you're out there doing, um, which is empowering people. You went on that journey yourself this year in an incredible way. And I just wanted to honor that in our 200th episode. Woo-hoo! <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So what else do you want to talk about before we wrap up? Well, I mean, the only other thing that I was going to maybe throw at you here is if you could project to your 300th episode, when we do this again. Yep. Are there any, is there any things 
from where you sit right now that you'd love to explore more, know more questions that you have? And it could be about anything. It doesn't have to be about what we just talked about uh, here. Um, but like, if I could look forward to my thir- 300th episode, when I we get yeah. on the phone with each other, like, what are some things that I would love to know more about if I could kind of direct the evolution from where I'm sitting right now? I think, no, I know. In the next year, I really want to spend a lot of my time in going, what we did talk about at the beginning, going really even deeper so that I can even shine brighter and have that light be so bright that it shines even more light on others that I know are doing amazing things, but they don't quite have the confidence in themselves or feel Mm -hmm. like they're worthy. Anything I can do, anything for me to highlight the unique gifts people have that are different than everybody else's and that their brains are different than anybody else's, but it's still amazing. And there's so many things they can do in this world and they've only scratched the surface. If they knew how truly powerful they are, that's what I want to do. Whether it's through podcasts, keynote speaking or books, I just want to keep going deeper within me so that I can have more of that pure joy because I took a break for a while because it was like a a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But every time I do it, I know it always serves all those I'm touching. And I'm I'm just going to keep, keep doing that. I'm not sure exactly how, because I never do. But that's what I want to do. Because I was going to ask you, is there anything about going into yourself specifically that you want to address? Like meaning like address, meaning you go deeper into yourself so you can shine your light brighter so that you can show people their value and that they have something to offer and to go for it. Like, is there anything within yourself that you feel like I don't know. I don't want to use the word is impeding you from doing that. Or I feel like if I could just tap into this a little bit, that would be the gateway to that. I'm just curious. That's a good question. I think for me, it's still a constant reminder, which it shouldn't be, but it's a constant reminder of what I bring to the world because I don't see it. Like I, like when you're saying people don't practice what they, in my mind, everyone does. So everyone's really good. I really believe that everyone's pretty much like me. So it's a reminder. That's okay. But that of what I can offer the world. And, and I felt as if this is going to sound so superficial, but I'm going to say it anyhow. I felt as if, when I owned all those health clubs, I had more of that feeling, you know, mm-hmm. because I was at run thousands of people every day and I was uplifting people. And it was just so much easier for me to see what I was bringing in the world. More objective. More objective. Now, 
that I've sold them. And even though you, I do engagement and I speak outside the house, it's more difficult because I don't have that constant reminder of all these people rewarding me and telling me you're awesome. You're great. You're great class. You're great. This, there, that keep going, keep going. And so I have that little voice in my head that may doubt what I'm going to do for the world. And I'll, I'll, I'll let it get to me because I don't have those big companies anymore. Yeah. So what's interesting is the intention that you have for the year, which is to show people how much value they have and yep. that they can shine their light brighter and to trust themselves and all that stuff. It sounds like you up-leveling that experience in yourself yep. will give you the ability to do that for others. So, Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what I do. I can't wait for 300, man. I might have to wear sunglasses because the light will be too bright. (laughs) All right, Matt. Oh my God, we got to go. All right, before we go, they know how to find me. Tell a little bit about, let's thank you, by the way. That was a great interview. Thank you for letting me share my story. Thank you. But before we go, tell them about the book you have coming out. Yeah. So um, Health to Vitality is the name of the book. um, And it's liberate yourself from traditional healthcare and empower yourself to know a life of vitality and fulfillment. Um, And it's basically a summary of my 20 year journey. I know you know a lot about it at this point, Sandy, but, um, you know, five orthopedic surgeries from the age of 22, battled all kinds of systemic issues, uh, autoimmune, inflammatory of my wife and I, Um, And then, you know, deep dive into the personal development, psychology space and mindset. And and what I found through that process was, you know, the system, the traditional model really just is, is, again, I'm not saying the intentions are bad. I'm going to go with they're not, but it creates dependency. Like it it doesn't really empower you to know like what's possible. It kind of just keeps you, keeps you on the hook for whatever. I agree. Right. And so, and when I looked up health as a definition, it's quite interesting. It's the absence of disease. Like, so my, my thing is, Hey, forget health. (laughs) Like let's forget health. Let's go for vitality. Vitality is exuberant energy, meaningful and fulfilling life. So it's a complete paradigm shift. And it's kind of what I've discovered on my 20 year journey, trying to manage this. (laughs) And then obviously working with thousands of people over the last couple of decades. um, It's, it's, it's it's a uh, it's a vision I've had for a long time, and you know it'll be happening uh, coming out you know the latest early December. So super excited! Yeah, thank you. All right, and how if they do want to look you up, where can they find you? MatthewLabosco.com is is the is probably the easiest way to find me. Um, uh, you know, you can find me on YouTube as well, YouTube, uh, and I have a blog on my MatthewLabosco.com and. So you could you can kind of jump in there, um, but as, if if this is airing depending on when this 200 episode is happening, um, we, you might go to my website and see if the book is, is, is ready to rock and roll. So yeah. I'm excited. All right. My, my let's keep it real people. Come on. We kept it real <laughs> way real. So we, I am very appreciative of you just being so amazing. I have the best best peeps. I really do. I love you guys. Thanks for your support. I appreciate you sharing, liking, and rating it. And until next time, you know what I'm going to say. Toodles! 
Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.